0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on game one of the Premiership's return. Michael Beale gets off to a winning start in a five-goal thriller against Hibs. Celtic will look to restore their nine-point lead when they head to Aberdeen tomorrow. Motherwell St Mirren is already off due to the weather with Livingston Dundee United also in doubt. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight you have Marvin Bartley and Hugh Keevans. Now I told you on Wednesday that Rangers would beat Hibs and they did. I told you the game would be Wrapped up by half time And it wasn't Therefore I was half right And half wrong I think that's a pretty high percentage for me You also said there would be five goals But you said they would all be for Rangers And they would all be in the first half But listen We all make mistakes Not as many as you But you know It happens uh, Ma- Bagatelle Marvin Bartley we've, we've waited five weeks And I think in terms of Before we get stuck into the The debating points uh, Through the game just a good game A good game A good high scoring uh, Tight game To get us Back up and running Most definitely You know It was a fantastic advert For Scottish football um, Obviously With the cameras being there Etc So no I really enjoyed it um, Real end to end stuff Two teams really going at it And then believing They can win the game So as you said It was high scoring Long may it continue 01419511025 What did you make of it then Come on look I, I have missed this I have missed us Together been able to look back on a Scottish Premiership game. It's been five long weeks. The World Cup's been fine, right? It's been fine. But this is what it's all about on here. So what did you make of it, Rangers fans? It's game one of the Michael Beale era. What stood out for you? What changes did you notice? What players looked better? What players struggled? What about the defending for the Hibs goals? What about the attacking for the Rangers goals? How do you see it going forward? And any big talking points throughout the game, Hibs fans included, 0141 951 1025. In case you hadn't noticed, we've got a big Premiership card to preview for tomorrow as well. So again, same number, Celtic fans, Aberdeen, Kelly, Dundee United, St Johnson, whoever, 0141 951 1025. If you were at Ibrooks, you'd look at uh, John Lundstrom playing in central defence with uh, Sands and think that he looked the most uncomfortable central defender <laughs> since Joey Barton went into the back three at Celtic Park that day. Uh, that was four stubborn Rangers by uh, by injury problems. If I were a Hibs fan, I'd be wondering why my team looked so tired and leggy and out of it after half time. You know they've had the five week break for the World Cup. This is your first game back. You're entitled to expect more of Hibs in that particular sense. So they went to Ibrooks having lost six of their last seven games in total. They also went there having lost six of their last. Away matches Now it's 7 Out of 8 On both counts Hibs need to find Their improvement Come on then Rangers fans Hibs fans Neutral observers If there is such a thing 01419511025 What did you make Of the game last night What stood out for you Give us a call Right now please And I was going to say Marvin Bartley You're head to toe In your Livingston tracksuit If you are chomping At the bit to get going Tomorrow but there's a pitch inspection and the game might not go ahead anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we've kind of been holding the boys back because everyone wants competitive action to come back again. Um, we had a good week away in Turkey, you know, getting some sun. We came back to uh, colder climates. But yeah, listen, we're looking forward to tomorrow massively. We are preparing as if it's going to be on. But at the moment, I think it's very much 50-50. But hopefully it does go ahead because... 
you know, we want to get three points on the board and start ourselves going again. Yes, Motherwell St Mirren is already off. So uh, I think the is it burst pipes, the, the lasting effects of the cold weather and it's got a bit warmer. I won't pretend I'm some sort of expert, but there's all sorts of flooding damage and burst pipes. So hopefully uh, we get that one rescheduled fairly soon. That's a disappointing start to life after the World Cup break. But let's focus on what we do have. We certainly have a game to look back on from last night and we've got plenty to look forward to tomorrow as it stands. Maybe some more will fall by the wayside as things go on. 01419511025. Whilst you get your calls in, Rangers fans and anyone else who wants to look back on last night's game, let's set the scene by hearing a bit from Michael Beale. He says it was not a good performance uh, and he knows improvements are needed, but obviously pleased with the win on his first game. I'm wondering if I fired him up a little bit too much first half. I wonder if I gave him too much energy, so I have to look at myself as well. Maybe I spoke with too much emotion to him before the game and they went and played that way. The first half shows me I've got lots of work to do and the group, to be fair to him. We were a little bit anxious first half and I'm delighted with the character of the group. I think we've got a long, long way to go to get back to or get to where I want us to get to. That wasn't a good performance tonight. I thought it was a decent second half. But overall, we know we need to improve hugely. It wasn't perfect, but the most important thing tonight, I think after everything that's gone on, is the three points. We're not in our best light at the moment. First half was difficult. We didn't perform very well, but second half, more like it. Come on then, 01419511025. Let's do it. Let's start the post-match analysis with William, who's a Rangers fan. What stood out for you, William? Yeah, hello, guys. Uh, What stood out for me was, right... It was evident in the first half that Rangers have not got recognised centre-halves, right? So, again, kudos to Hibs, they were the better team in the first half. But, as I say to the producer, it's a bit hear them, scare them. If you don't even remember, when Beal and Gerrard were there the last time, the the first goal was seven games in a row. I think that's the way it's going to be. I thought the second half, the football was excellent for Rangers. The passing, the pace... Young, a special mention to young boy Divine. Oh my God! About the opposition box about twenty times. He was brilliant. He was mad, clear man of the match for me. Look, another Nathan Parts in my hands. Hopefully, keep him in there for the rest. I come on here on the show and I said, "You were saying who was the left back?" And I said, "It's staring you right in the face, young Divine." Well, there you go. There's, there's your evidence. No, you called it. You can spot a player. Uh, William, is it, Hugh? Is that is that the way it should be overall? If you were to to summarise it. Rangers fans can have concerns or worries about the defending but when it's all said and done Michael Beale gets off to a winning start and, and you move on would that be it in a nutshell? Yeah, they voiced their concerns at half time when they booed the team up the tunnel second half if you're a Hibs fan you're not best pleased at the, the kind of show they put up 3-2 final result 6 points now between Celtic and Rangers and you have done your job because your job is to put Celtic under pressure at Pataudry now the Celtic fans may say there is no pressure, but there is. Going to Pataudry is not a gimme for Celtic or Rangers or Livy or anybody else. And they have in Mayovsky uh, a natural goal scorer. So the gap's now six. It's Celtic's job tomorrow to put it back up to nine. Hugh's a big picture guy, Marvin Bartley. What about more focused on that 90 minutes? How would you sum it up? I think William sums it up really well. Um, so does Michael Beale and in what he says, you know, there's some things they need to work on um, in the first half. For whatever reason, they, they were off their game. But I think kind of a positive, if you are Michael Beale, you're looking at three of the back four who started the game wouldn't be starting in your strongest back four. Um, I think Sands and Lindstrom struggled with aerial duels. Um, I think Josh Campbell probably won far too many headers for them. 
I think if you've got Goldson and, and Suter or Goldson and Davies back there, I don't think Nesbitt, Nesbitt gets in and, and scores his goal. Um, so listen, the most important thing was to win the first game. You know, good performances will come for everyone down the line. But as Hugh said, it's about putting pressure on Celtic and closing that gap. And Rangers did just that. I mean, there were so many question marks, William. You know, what what does this managerial change do for Kent and do for Morelos and do for the shape and the formation and all the rest of it? I'm not sure you can learn it all in one night, but was there anything else that, that you thought you noticed? Yeah, what I noticed, evident, they're trying to get the ball up the park as quick as they can. There's none of this side to side or back. They're trying, they're trying to get everybody forward. You see the young boy, Devine and Deverney were getting forward. They were closer together. Kent was roaming. There was nobody that stood and stall. They were interchanging. It was probably... It was like, just going back to the, the, the Gerard and Beale era. All right, that's going to be mistakes as I pointed out, right? There's no centre-halves. But I think Rangers... Going forward, I think it's a positive because I thought the football, as I keep mentioning, young boy divide, absolutely brilliant. I think once we get my centre house back, it'll be will be a lot better. Was Divina a plus point, Hugh? Given that that there was no recognised left back, we made a big song and dance about it yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Michael Beale confirmed last night Yilmaz had the worst possible hamstring injury, yeah. and obviously Barisic is at the World Cup. Yilmaz has weeks to go yet before he's back, and Adam Divine, I think, can look forward to holding down the position. Uh, you know, he took to it, ducked to water. Uh, first game back after a five-week break, full house, new manager, pressure on Michael Beale. First half, not an outstanding success. Crowd make their feelings known, but the one consistent was Adam Devine, consistently good. And um, Marvin, what did you notice that was different then in terms of Michael Beale's stamp? Did we see changes? Yeah, um, I think James Tavernier got a lot higher and wider than we've seen um, from him in recent games um, under Gio. I think Ryan Kent also had a free role. You know, I think he could go wherever he wanted to, to try and create, to try and get on the ball. And when he did that, Tillman moved as well. So for me, they were a lot less structured in, in, in the final third. And as I said, you know, Lundstrom was looking for Tavernier a lot of the time. As soon as he got the ball out of his feet, Tavernier was like a right winger. And that's when he does his best work, you know, his most damaging work when he's out in that position. And I think that's something they'll be looking to do go forward. Uh, thank you to William 01419511025 Let's hear a bit more uh, From Michael Beale If there's any Hibs fans out there Or anyone else Who who watched the game From a, a more neutral Or even opposition fan standpoint Feel free uh, To get in touch Michael Beale uh, Also mentioned That Antonio Cholak Would have started With Morelos in a two um, Had he not been injured He hopes Alfredo Morelos's form uh, Will pick up yeah, no, he would have played. He would have played with Kolak if they were both if they were both available. Fashion's only played thirty minutes in a few weeks. At the weekend, he can only played thirty tonight. I've had to throw him out there, for, and I just felt his pace and the way he is around the box might create that. And he went and scored. But they would have played together. I'm delighted for Alfredo to to get the goal. Hopefully, that's the start of obviously him turning the corner in terms of his form and 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 obviously removing some of the background noise. All he can do is go on the pitch and and and. And, and perform. I thought it was very quiet first half. It was more like it's second half, just like the team. He got his goal, Hugh. Yeah. Um, but his own manager said, you know, quiet first half. So is it the start of something? We'll well, find out. I, I think you have the indicator there from Michael Beale. He wants to team up Alfredo Morelos with Antonio Cholak. So when Cholak is fully fit, that's what will happen. You have his word for it. And he said that he thought that uh, Morelos had started to turn the corner. Therefore, in a month where the speculation will be that he could go, uh, if a, an offer comes in, 
or he could commit himself to another club on a pre-contract basis. Uh, Morelos has been told by his manager that he has faith in him. Well, let's ask Dominic's take on the game last night. Dominic is a Rangers fan. Sum it up for us. Good evening, Gordon, Kenny, and Uncle Q. Uh, Kenny, sorry, Martin and Uncle Q. Ah, he's, um, he's been called worse, don't worry. <laughs> Uh, no, I thought last last night, Gordon, um, the first half was shocking to watch. Hibs should have been could easily have had another two or three. Um, but it was for me, it was it, the, the full game. The second half was excellent performance. I can't complain. Dominated, but for me, that's the, the first thing I thought that um, Michael Beale when he came in would have worked on was with, see with the long balls. That's. Company day with the corners as well. That's been a Achilles seal this season. Corners, cross balls, can't defend them. But I think that maybe get sorted once we get two, the two or three normal centre backs. But would that be the, the crumb of comfort for Michael Beale? I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have been happy at the way Rangers defended for those first two goals. How could you be? But will will he be you know more comfortable because he? <laughs> And you never know with Rangers' injury record, but it's it's not likely we're going to see Sands and Lundstrom too often at the back. You wouldn't imagine exactly that, you know. And Dominic said it, you know, they didn't deal with the long balls. In fact, they really, really struggled. Um, but as you said, there are two centre midfielders playing back there. You know, two boys who prefer to be higher up the pitch. Um, and as I said, Josh Campbell, you know, for his size, is very, very good in the air. One thing that I think will disappoint him is the is the Porteous goal because you know, as Dominic's also said there, they've struggled with set plays, they've yeah. struggled with corner kicks. And he scored from probably seven yards out, six, seven yards out in the centre of the goal. That's not acceptable. You know, and you, the camera panned to Michael Bill and he's shaking his head. And obviously he's disappointed because he's clearly spoken to him about it. And John Lundstrom's got his head in his hands. So, you know, that's something they need to sort out and very, very quickly because you can't afford to concede goals like that in the Premier League if you want to go on and attempt to win it. But Dominic, you saw enough to excite you about going forward or is it too early to say? Still, still too early to say, Gordon. But the second half was, you know, there was quite a lot of more tempo to the place but I noticed it was it's kind of similar to what Foster Coglu does they said to the Celtic ball boys as soon as the ball goes out get the ball straight back in I noticed that I don't know if that's been mentioned the ball boys right enough but uh, no I can't get blown I thought Ryan Kent also had a good game the same with me Divine the ball return operators yeah. or whatever they're called to you Kevins I've never had so much analysis uh, in recent times What about Ryan Kent Dominic mentioned that it's Social media This is where it comes into its own um, I've seen all day today Lots of Rangers fans Who were delighted with Ryan Kent And then others who just didn't see it And didn't think he had a good game I don't know if that sometimes means The truth's in the middle It, it is I'm in the didn't see it category I, I didn't think it was a man of the match performance Or anything like it uh, There's still so much more That uh, he is capable of delivering uh, You know what with Talking about a team that were booed off after 45 minutes, I think the reaction of the crowd sent out a message to Michael Beale and the players. You're not getting a free pass here. You know, we, we want to see better than this. And, uh, you know, just because you're the new manager, uh, you don't get acceptance right away. You mentioned you identified, like many people did, Marvin, a more free role for Ryan Kent. But how did he do within that? I think he did well. You know, I think it's harsh to say in the first half he, he wasn't good enough because he was attempting to get on the ball and create things. I think, you know, for a long time, Rangers fans have been calling for Kent to do more and try and create more. And listen, it's not always going to work for him, but he didn't shy away from the ball. He got his assist in the game. In the second half, he grew into it. It's a new role for him. Um, but for me, I think I think he played it well in the first half, but he was even better in the second half. Listen, 
They want to see more of the Ryan Kent in the second half. That's the player that Rangers signed and they want to see going forward. But I think with him doing that, they've got much more of a chance scoring goals, creating goals at the top end. But I am interested to see where he plays once they go to two strikers because, you know, for him to be a wide man and fit into that, it doesn't really work. So whether he's in the start playing as a number 10, but then that moves Tillman out. So I guess we'll see going forward. We will. 01419511025. Thanks, Dominic. It was a busy old evening at Ibrox. 50,000 in the stadium. Goodness knows how many more watching on TV So there must be lots of you out there Who have an opinion I saw a Twitter stushy As was always the case oh. About a potential handball From James Sands There must be other talking points out there So come on down 0141 951 1025 And we'll talk with you next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans is here Marvin Bartley's alongside him there is a lot to get through on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. So it's 01419511025. And it is Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. So why not get in touch? Whether you want to talk about changes Michael Beale made, things that worked, things that didn't work, the game overall. Might be nice to hear from you, Hibs fans. I can see loads of you tweeting furiously about a penalty that you feel Hibs should have had. If that's the case, we'll why not give us a call? We can talk about it. 01419511025. Like I say though, Twitter is, it's absolutely fine If you'd rather tweet, that's fine um, It's just more fun on the phones Let's hear a bit from Lee Johnson Whilst you get your calls in Why not call right now and we'll get you on uh, In the next few seconds Once Lee Johnson uh, is finished explaining his side of things He thought they were poor in the second half But claims there were positives to take um, I think we faded a little bit physically You know, that was natural Probably with the, sort of the guys we had out on the pitch our clearances became less solid, less assured, um, and I think that built the momentum a little bit. But it wasn't massively troubled, and that was what was frustrating. First half, I thought we were outstanding. I'm lucky not to go 3 1 up actually when Ellie Ewan uh, had the good strike. We countered well, you know, we were assured in our tidy up play. The boys put their body on the line. We had that compact position of strength that we then broke from and controlled a lot of the game off the ball, um, and I think that was evident. So it is disappointing, but it's also very encouraging in terms of it gives us a performance to build on. If no one expected you to win, not least you, uh-huh. Mister, it'll be five nil. Game will be over at half time. Uh-huh. You don't give give a, a little bit of credit for making a fist of it. Up to a point. You said they would lose five nil. For goodness' sake! It's still seven defeats out of eight. Yeah, but why should have be judged on losing going to Ibrox? It's part of your schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you can't just say Well we, we can't be judged On Celtic Park And Ibrox We faded a bit physically He said Why? Because Rangers are better Than you Because they've got well, you, More pounds in the bank And that tires you out but, Well for me That's a, an Unsatisfactory explanation And the run Is unsatisfactory Seven mm-hmm. out of eight now Oh that margin I, I, Of course Frame it like that Undeniably but would you hold that much against Hibs for going to Ibrox and losing three two in isolation? No, no, I wouldn't. I think I think Hugh's being slightly harsh on them, like especially him. you know with the kind of the performance they put in in the first half. And listen, Hugh, I do agree with you. It's a ninety minute game, but there's definitely some positives from the Hibs point of view within that game. And, and yes, they did tire, and they shouldn't be tiring. I get that. It's the first game back. We just had a long break, but that's something Lee Johnson will look at. But they. Have to take the positives from this because, as you said, they are on a really, really bad run. And the last thing they want to do now is look at all the negatives from the games. But very quickly, Lee Johnson needs to turn this around because, as you said, Hugh, where they currently sit in the league and the run they're on isn't acceptable. 
but there are a few positives to take from that game. But they need to put it over a ninety minute I think spell he, now. He's wonderful with the press, but I think all of his chatter camouflages a team that's not very good. And he got Kevin Nisbet mm. back last night, and that's a help. And Martin Boyle has been a disastrous mm-hmm. turn of events for him because of long term injury. However, overall, and they're losing Porteous in January, and he's their best player. Overall, this isn't going in a good direction. Yeah, I mean, we're constantly on Ryan Porteous watching, no matter what he does, in terms of how he operated, where he played, and, and what he did. Marvin, what did you make of him? He scores, and then he does the celebration in front of the Hibs fans, which is fine. Don't think you would grudge him that. And then he's booked and he can't play the Edinburgh Derby. He's involved in everything. And he, as Hugh says, he might even leave. Goodness knows if it's to Rangers Then we'll need to extend the show <laughs> Yeah listen he, he operated in the centre midfield area yesterday and, and Lee Johnson said they needed some physicality in there They needed someone to break the play up um, and, and attempt to get on the ball And Ryan did all of those things Listen he's a wonderful footballer And yes he is a centre half But I thought he did well in there I thought he did exactly what Hibbs needed um, In a big game Yes he puts up with a goal as well But I think his overall play for Hibbs was very very good But again I agree If they lose him in January Um you know, I think they need to be looking over their shoulders rather than looking up the mm. league. I, I would like to see them against Hearts, minus Porteous. You know, you, you're really taking the heart and soul out mm. of the team there. Let's bring in Stuart, who is a Rangers fan, and I'm, I must admit, I, I'm tempted just to not let Stuart on. When I look out the window and see the snow and the sleet and the ice, and how much of a nightmare it's been to get anywhere tomorrow, and consider that football games are off, Stuart has the cheek. To call us from Orange County, California <laughs> Of all places, Stuart I am holding it against you Take it away with your point How you doing mate? By the way, I've got my very trendy donkey jacket on right now It's bloody cold today actually Oh how cold, but, uh, Stuart? I think it's, honestly, I think it's like 55 I've had rain and everything My heart bleeds for you, Stuart, honestly I'm, I'm devastated no, no, for no, you I spoke to my sister I never, I never mocked my sister would kill me Because <laughs> I know she, she's going to have time Hey, thank you very much for taking the time Hugh, uh, that photograph of you mate for all these years ago the other day, I couldn't stop laughing at that. Yeah. I, I didn't I don't remember you, I've been away too long, you know, but it was funny anyway. That might have been my fault, Hugh, sorry about that. No, I mean everybody was young once. I mean uh, <laughs> you, still you, are. but you didn't yeah. look young when you were young. I think I that was the problem. I had a trendy moustache, Marvin. You 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 oh, catch sorry. up with this. Did you yeah. See it? yeah, I'm it's jealous, outrageous, isn't it? I was the, the John Lennon of the sports <laughs> writing world. <laughs> oh wow. Um sure, what did you make of the game last night then? Oh, sorry, yeah, back to the game last night. I've got a question for Marvin as well, if you don't mind after it. Uh, can, can I bring up something I, I, I don't know if it's been spoken about, but see for the last 10 minutes to go, or as 15 as it turned out to be, for the first time, Rangers man marked. I don't know if you noticed that. Every time it started to get through, instead of this zonal, you know, the, a guy in each corner of the 18-yard box, three on the, the arc, and then the two fullbacks, you know, floating about and picking people up, coming in, who's coming in. And then when somebody used to make a run, man, Boyle was a perfect example to, from the last game. You know, when somebody goes to pick him up, oh, he's yours. No, he's in your zone. No, you're no. Everybody was physically marked up last night. Now, I know the first half was abysmal, but that was outstanding to me at that last ten because then I knew we weren't, I just knew we were not going to give a goal up because... That was absolutely man-marking. No, the Hibs players could not uh, lace it through. They couldn't knock it over the top because everybody was marked. And I thought that was a vast improvement on anything, mate, you know. Marvin, did you notice anything different about Rangers off the ball? Because we tend to obsess with what they do on it. 
Well, I, I think Stuart's saying they defended a lot better towards the end of the game than they did in the first half and, you know, didn't concede a goal. So, you know, clearly he's right with it. Maybe they were taking some sort of accountability, Stuart, and that's the reason why it looked like they were man-marking and they were maybe more structured at the back because at that point, I think you were 3-2 up. So there's no chance they want to lose another goal because then you're going up the other end trying to chase to, to get a winner. So, you know, maybe that's a, a positive thing going forward. Um, but as you said, you know, your defending couldn't get any worse than the first half. Uh, overall, Stuart, I mean, there were obviously negatives that Michael Beals pointed out. Does it feel satisfactory, though, a win in the first game and, and move on? You know something, Gordon? The, the win was satisfying, but when we went up 3-2, three three I mean, honestly, we struggled. But then we started passing. And then I, you could say, we couldn't hear what he's saying, but you see uh, uh, Lundstrom directing traffic at the back cell, and then you could see Jack was doing it as well. And, were, and it was, I'm sorry going at this, but it was marking up. And this is what we're, we've, we've not been doing. You know, that the, the first goal is a perfect example. Bloody hell, Percy's come in from nowhere, you know. But he shouldn't have been, not yet. If, if he loses, if someone loses a head to him, that's, you know, it's understandable. But no, not a freebie. But there was no way they would have done that in the second half. Now, when David started tackling and everything, all the other players are saying, oh, here we go. We're, you know, we're getting into a game. And we'd done some, we didn't stand off as we normally do it, and let them come at us. I'm not saying that's the best right way to do it. Some teams can do that. You know, stand off teams, let them come, and then hit them, i.e. Morocco, if we're going to go that extremity, you know. Uh, but I just like the way that we went to the ball, and I love the way. And even, you know, that ball, handball incident with um, James Sands, that, you know, that boy's played so many for I don't think he's played his real position yet. That, that ball goes in there and hits his forearm, and this goes into this so many changes in the handballer. How, how do we know? How can we just. Is, is it shadow? You know that word shadow? Is it the. Uh, what was that one they used in the world? Um, Silhouette. Is it the way they were before the ball was kicked? I.e., is, is his forearm in that position before the ball was kicked, or did it go there after the ball was kicked? The silhouette one seems good and when they talk about it in the telly and you read it, but it's. You know, how do you know where the three. That need to be a VR, a freeze frame thing. That makes sense, you know. Actually, going to get onto that in a second. I think there's another caller wants to bring it up. So just quickly, whilst we round off the sort of football bit and get into that on the, on the first part of Stuart's point, Marvin, you know, the, the defending improved towards the end of the game. There's been a lot of interest about how Rangers set up for set pieces this season. Is it zonal? Remind me, did it start zonal it this season? It didn't zonal work, and then they came off of that a little bit, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, then he went to man marking. So the first goal was a disaster from that point of view. Why though? What? what how was this? Well, it looked like they had gone zonal again. Um, as Stuart said, you know, there, I think there was three players lined up along the kind of six-yard area, and it was Lundstrom's job, from what I could see and work out, to st- stick with Porteous. And I think what happens with Lundstrom, he's watching the corner taker, and he gets sucked underneath the ball, and Porteous maybe used two, moves two or three yards forward and then peels off the back of him, and then he's got a free header. In, in that position there, as Stuart said, if you're going to lose the header, you must be able to get body contact, because then you can put Porteous off. But there's no way he's going to miss a free header there. And that maybe will be something that Michael Bill looks at going forward, who he uses as a man marker. Uh, all right, thank you very much, Stuart. We enjoy those freezing temperatures out there in Orange County, <laughs> California. Not jealous at all. James, uh, is, I've heard it said Kings Park's a bit like California at certain times of year, James. Um, I'm not sure if you'd agree, but what did you make of last night? Uh, I, it's just exactly like California, actually. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was just, I heard you talking about the, the handball um, and... When I watched it last night, and then obviously you see it a million times on, on Twitter and stuff, but I think 
contact with Sands just before the ball comes in. I don't know who it is for Hibs. So I don't know if that's maybe knocked him off balance and then his, his arm goes out to try and keep his balance effectively. Um, and then, I, I, again, the, the rules are as clear as mud these days. So I thought the rule was if it's like above the T-shirt line. And again, it happens that fast. But for me, I'm saying that it's kind of in that area where I did it. You know, is it above the above his elbow effectively, above the T-shirt line? So it wouldn't be a penalty. But I just thought there was contact before it. So that might have negated, you know, if they... Because I'm assuming they would have looked at it in, on VAR. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking, if, they have, if, if they're taking the contact before it into account, you know, would it then be, you know, if he's got enough contact, I'd know that... You yeah, know, I, mean, I mean, Hugh, handball incidents now are... It's the forensic detail that we're uh-huh. analysing them. Not just here. Have a look at the World Cup. Yep. Have a look at it with their top officials and their VAR and all the rest of it. Nothing changes. So, basically... To kick us off in a blunt fashion, should that have been a penalty to Hibbs last night? Not for me. Based on, I think it was accidental. Uh, I also think VAR came in and we said that's a great thing because that will minimise mistakes. Now, now VAR has decided there's no penalty. The referee with the naked eye, or it, yeah, or dis- just to be pedantic, or decided that there was no clear, obvious error that the referee had to go and look at. Right. So you've had the, the referee's input, VAR's input, and no. Award of a penalty What are we supposed to do then? Are we supposed to get some third tier of justice in? Um, VAR is there VAR did not think the referee had made a mistake I don't think the referee made a mistake We have to move on We can't go on and on on Mm. every handball I understand that the handball rule Oh but we can and we will (laughs) Yeah but You're going on after the event Mm -hmm. After VAR what do you want? Do you want a third court? No, but listen, that's what some shows like this were were made for at times. So, um, I'll, Marvin, what would you, you know, having played, having coached, there are, look, there's probably two ways to look at this. You can judge last night's James Sands one based against the handball rule, and by the way, that's what you should do. Yeah. But obviously, it's second nature. Fans will maybe do a bit of that. But also look at other handballs this season And how it either compares or it doesn't Sometimes that's problematic How would you sum it up? So, so firstly let's look at that one in isolation then I think James Sands' hands are up Because obviously he's expecting somebody to run into Kind of his vicinity you, Your hands naturally go up in that position I've been in it before You just try and protect yourself And then you try and time the header He's, he's missed the ball with his head And it's hit him on the arm Now we've seen other penalties Let's talk about the O'Reilly one for example that I, again, don't think should have been a penalty, but we've seen them given. Mm-hmm. So then, from that point of view, I'll understand other fans saying, well, our team conceded the penalty like that. Why wasn't that not given last night? Now, for me, neither of those two are penalties, and the right decision was made yesterday. But that doesn't stop yep. the debate between the fans. And then, again, Hugh, in terms of what bit of it r- r- rules it out, <sighs> there's, there's a couple of things. I don't know which. What do you buy into more? James mentions... Is there a bit of contact with James Sands before? Does that does that sort of make him stumble forward into the ball? The other one, if you look at the laws of the game, it's about the upper boundary of the arm being in line with the bottom of the armpit, uh-huh. right? Roughly, they, they used to call it the t-shirt line. I don't know. Does the referee think it's just above that? Does he think it's, or does he not take that into account at all because he thinks there's been a nudge anyway, and and James Sands can't do much more and. And you're it actually, is in a natural position You're actually making me feel sympathetic towards referees Ooh, And I, I can't be off. philanthropic like that uh, <laughs> You're going to have to decide Look, the referee didn't give it 
VAR decided the referee did not make a mistake I'm sorry But because it's the city of Glasgow And because mm. One team Got a penalty And the other team did not Four weeks earlier I'm sorry mm. But that's that's not what's Under debate here Thanks James So 141951025 Good time to call Get you on next 141951025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley's here Hugh Keevans alongside him And it's 141951025 We are on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB If you would rather get in touch there Alec is on the line What's your point tonight Alec? Uh, how are you doing guys? Uh, I want Hugh to tell me What's the difference Between Barnaby's penalty Against them And Sands' penalty that Hibs never got last night Can, can he explain the difference? No I can't Because uh, the Barnaby decision was wrong Very wrong mm. uh, so, but, but it was still awarded a penalty Well that, that's nothing to do with me I'm telling you I thought it was very wrong And those in the VAR box Have given it I said at the time It's a, a, mm-hmm. a ridiculous decision So you know I can't be held responsible for it. Can I? Can I tell you the difference, Alec? Yeah. But I, I want to be quite clear. This is not necessarily my me saying that one was a penalty and one wasn't. No one ever cares what yeah. I think. But I actually, I actually agree with you, right? For what it's worth, Burnaby's wasn't a penalty either. But in terms of the way refs are looking at things, if you want to compare those two, the problem with that comparison in the Burnaby one, the ball's heading towards the goal, and in the James Sands one, it's not. It's dropping out the sky. You don't need to agree with that you, you don't need to think That's a good way of looking at it I'm telling you that That's the way refs Tend to look at them Was it not in that box Which is called mm. The penalty area uh, Alec you're, you're arguing with the wrong guy I'm just telling you What the refs At the moment They see And I I actually have a bit of an issue With this And I've told some refs this I don't know why They put so much weight On that Particularly because of the way The handball rule is written But I'm just telling you That the way that they weight these things If a ball is heading towards a goal And it hits an arm There's a much better chance That you're going to get a penalty against you Than if a ball's dropping straight out of the sky well, Look at the ones in the World Cup I, I don't know if you watch the World Cup But look at the ones in the World Cup I'm struggling, the I'm struggling to see why this is my fault First of all Here's one Alec right? That you, you, in case you think I'm not on your side That's not the case I'll, I'll offer you a bit of assistance Do you know what's a better comparison? Matt O'Reilly's yep. handball against Ross County yep. I think that's better, right? So let's yep. start there Because the ball isn't heading towards the goal in that one either Marvin, so That would be a better comparison I don't think I don't think the Burnaby one Should ever have been a penalty But If refs want to sit there and tell us That when the ball's heading towards the goal They're going to have a different tolerance level Fine, there's not much we can do about it But Burn, um Sands last night yeah. Ball's not going towards the goal Neither was Matt O'Reilly's And that's the example I used earlier And I'm in total agreement You know If one's a penalty Then the other should be a penalty But I think neither of them Are a penalty But the difficulty There is for, for referees Is that somebody is in the VAR room um, It might be Hugh at one game It might be me at another And Hugh interpretates it one way And I interpretate it another mm-hmm. That is a difficulty So to blame the referees As much as I love to do that As a coach And I did as a player I think is slightly unfair here The rule They need help with the rule there's no doubt about it. And listen, no fan's going to be happy when soft punnets are given against their teams, but at this moment in time, we just have to Alec, deal with it. In the interest of pursuing the truth here, Alec, we must cut to the chase. I believe that you believe that Celtic are judged differently from other teams. Yes. 
Well, without I, a doubt. Well, without a doubt. I I can't help you with that. You know that, that you that's your opinion, and you're perfectly entitled to hold the opinion. But I don't believe that is the case. I do believe that they've been on the wrong end of some ridiculous decisions. Barnaby, we've been one. Uh, Matt O'Reilly another I I fully understand that they've had ridiculous decisions but I cannot believe it's part of a VAR conspiracy to do down Celtic and a bit like you not that I like to agree with them I, I, I couldn't change your mind on that I, like it's, I think that sort of stuff's clearly deep rooted what I would say though if we talk about last night as the ball hits James Sands in the arm um, if the referee in that moment Thinks it's above his t-shirt line Then then he's just not going to give a penalty is he So I get the temptation to Compare it to Burnaby Compare it to O'Reilly I've even done it myself five minutes ago But if he thinks it was above the t-shirt line He thinks it was above the t-shirt line Or if he thinks that uh, Sands was nudged into the Whatever it is That in, in that split second That's not got anything to do with Matt O'Reilly Or Burnaby or anyone else does it No it doesn't But I'm waiting patiently tomorrow For either team to have a call for a penalty. Either team, not just Celtic, Aberdeen or Celtic, mm. and see what's given. Right. So, if, you, so, similar, so your belief, similar, your belief uh, then, offense. your belief then, you're waiting for the moment when you can call back tomorrow and say, "I told you so." But again, even at that, Marvin, if the referee tomorrow in the split set, if, by the way, I don't know how we're going to get the exact same incident, <laughs> but when it happens, if a, ref, it if a referee thinks. Well, I think that's below the t-shirt line. Then, then it's it's different. It's it's, a, it's an entirely different referee making a different decision, in in a different moment, and the fallout. Alex Wright, everyone will go ah, how's that different? But it's a it's a judgment call. If if you think it's below a t-shirt line or above, I, I don't know what more yeah, do you do there. That, I'm in total agreement with you, and and I get Alex's frustration. But there's no point in coming to watch a game of football tomorrow, watching on TV, waiting for a decision like that to come up. Because as you said, Gordon, the referee, the people in the VAR room, it's their interpretation of what they think is or isn't a penalty. I would and, say, go on, sorry, Marvin, sorry to interrupt. I would say that since the introduction of VAR, Celtic have been on the receiving end of the most peculiar decisions. The handball at Tynecastle, uh, uh, which was. <laughs> So much of a penalty It's laughable It wasn't given mm-hmm. But I cannot believe Like Alec That the referees are And the people in the VAR room Are waiting to get Celtic But they have Coincidentally Been on mm. the wrong end Of the most ridiculous decisions Since VAR came in um, Again We will have a handball drama tomorrow Because there is handball drama guaranteed in every game of football that's played at the moment. So Alec, on what I think Alec was trying to use this to sort of back up his point, but in some ways it maybe contradicts his point when he says, "Look at the World Cup. Stop trying. The, yeah. the, the healthiest thing for us all would be to stop trying to second guess the handballs and 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 stop trying to act as if there's any sort of uniformity in the decision making process because even at the elite level." The complex wording of the rule The new sentences that they add every season And that they take away every season There isn't consistency anywhere in football So in Scottish Premiership We are suffering from that same lack of consistency Except here That lack of consistency gets called Bias against your team Which is fine Look I understand that That's how football fans operate 
Yeah, exactly. And, and and that's not the case. But one thing I do wonder, Gordon, I wonder if the fans who wanted VAR in now want it out. I wonder if they prefer our game to go back without VAR because mm. it seems to be causing a lot more trouble than some people think it's worth. And it's that's a sad sight because, listen, I enjoy VAR. Honestly, being on the side of the pitch, people say about the delays, I enjoy it. Listen, we got a red card at Rangers, which should have been a red card. Our player made a tackle that was a red card. We've had penalties not given for us or not given... Uh, against us, it is what it is. I enjoy VAR, but we can't keep looking at it and keep blaming the refs and keep hitting the people in VAR room with a stick. And can I say, Celtic have lost one of their last 47 league games. Tribute to Ange Postacoglu and nothing to do with VAR. Mm, thank you, Alec. 01419511025. That's the number you need for this as well, by the way. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. I feel like a weight got lifted off my shoulders last night. We had to wait nearly three weeks, I think, for the pundits to lose, and Mark Wilson stepped up to the plate. <laughs> Just when you knew we needed it, it was a tiebreaker, he was horrendous, so we're back. It's a clean slate. Let's see if the listeners can go on a run this time. 0141 951 1025. Get your calls in before seven and you could be playing next. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevens and Marvin Bartley are here. It's 01419511025. As you would expect, we've spent quite a bit of time looking back on Rangers' victory over Hibs, talking about you know what looks different under Michael Beale, who took their chance, who didn't, uh, the good things, the bad things. The Hibs perspective as well If you've anything to add 01419511025 Or even talk about handball decisions uh, As is becoming commonplace In Scottish football discussions at the moment So keep those calls coming Let's turn our attentions also To tomorrow Celtic fans You're going to Aberdeen 12.30 kickoff, Full of confidence of restoring that 9 point lead Any niggling doubt Does that on paper go down as a tough place to go? Will it be straightforward? What would you like to see from the team? Anyone in particular you want to see given a chance? Does Callum McGregor come straight back in? Or have the guys who were in before the break earned their place in that starting 11? Let us know right now and we will speak to you next. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. The pressure is off for the listeners. The pressure is off because Mark Wilson's bottle crashed last night. And it means that long winning run for the pundits is over I mean, did you hear it Hugh Keevans? The tiebreaker, how many players have scored a brace or better at this year's World Cup? The answer's 18 by the way And Mark Wilson said 2 So he was absolutely miles <laughs> off it Would it be better off bringing the real Richard Gere in? Oh, oh, don't start me Honestly, <laughs> see the, the Twitter reaction I've had To this ludicrous <laughs> suggestion from a photographer That Mark Wilson looks like Richard Gere <laughs> Ruined my day For goodness sake All I could see is uh, The responses to that Oh where's Darren just gone Speaking of bottles crashing Darren in Uddingston To beat the pundit contestant He's, he's scared of us Hugh He's scared, scared of us off. He was there you know The dream team Yeah Nobody I, fancies it I won on Wednesday He yeah. was there and he's gone I won my last game as well It happens Gordon Why are you so surprised? Nah I, I just don't think you two are intimidating just, <laughs> n- n- There we go We've got him back Darren in Uddingston How's it going Darren? Aye You alright bud, how you doing? Not bad at all, thanks Just in case we lose you again I'll crack on nice and quickly If it's heads You'll take on Hugh Keevans And if it's tails You'll take on Marvin Bartley And it's tails Marvin oh, Get wow, ready These are tough tonight as well 
You these are tough. No, no, genuinely, oh, these are these God. are tough. Passive move, Marv. So <laughs> I'm ready. I'm going to give you some clay too to listen to, just so that you can't hear what's going on. Probably a Christmas song for him, Darren. Thirty seconds. Answer as many as you can. Pass if you don't know. Okay. No problem. Let's go. Who was the last team Celtic beat before the World Cup break? Darren, can you hear us? Hello. Oh no, Darren. Right, we'll start Darren's time again. Come on, Darren. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Right, let's go. Who was the last team Celtic beat before the World Cup break? This is a disaster This is a disaster What is going on with the phone signal in Uddingston? Darren's now heard that first question twice So we might need to get someone else on In the interests of fairness Marvin Bartley Technical difficulties Either that or Darren's pretending he can't hear the questions No, that's a zero for Darren, let's go uh, it's a z- Definitely a zero for Darren We'll just line someone else up nice and quick So don't you worry about that Right, we've got Noah who's in air How's it going, Noah? Hi, yeah. Right, I'm going to miss that first question out in case you heard it, Noah, and I'm going to give Marvin back to Clyde too. Are you ready to take on the questions, Noah? Uh, yeah. Let's go. 30 seconds and it starts now. How many players are currently on loan at Rangers? Three. Name any Scottish Premiership manager on their first permanent managerial role. Lee uh, Johnson. Callum Patterson plays for which English side? Carlisle. Which Scottish Premiership team has the worst goal difference? Uh, what country will host the 2026 World Cup final? Uh, USA Who was named Scottish Premiership Player of the Month for November today? Axel In which year did Rangers last win a domestic treble? Uh, pass, I don't know Okay, let's bring back Marvin Can you hear us? Yeah? No? <laughs> it's been a while since I saw that one I was going to say heard it but he didn't say anything You ready Marvin Bartley? Yeah, let's go how many players are currently on loan at Rangers? Three Name any Scottish Premiership manager who's currently in their first permanent managerial role David Martindale Callum Patterson plays for which English side? Wigan Which Scottish Premiership team has the worst goal difference? Ross County In which, uh, which country will host the 2026 FIFA World Cup final? Canada Who was named Scottish Premiership Player of the Month for November? Haxabanovic. In which year did Rangers last win a domestic treble? 2009. Noah, how do you think it went? I think he's beat me. Do you think so? Aye, I think he I was, think I think he was terrible. <laughs> uh, let's find out. So, first question How many players on loan at Rangers? James Sands, Malik Tillman. And that's it. It's two. You both said three So we're oh, goalless to start Unlucky Name any Scottish Premiership manager Who's in their first Permanent managerial role What a tap in For Marvin Bartley He was bound to know David Martindale You could have chosen Stevie Hamill You could also have chosen Callum Davidson Noah Lee Johnson's managed Quite a few teams I think down nah, south I think so. I guess. It happens uh, Noah 1-0 uh, I would see if I was you No I said it I happens I'm just, being friendly just, just wait Callum Patterson plays For Sheffield Wednesday oh. At least Noah got that he used to play for Cardiff But no, it's still 1-0 to Marvin He's not done this enough, has he, Hugh? There's a big league table behind Oh, it's been taken away Well done, producer Chris So he didn't get the chance The worst goal difference in the league is Kelly mm-hmm. uh, None of you got it the, U- the USA will host the 2026 World Cup final And Noah got it What? Oh, what, what is it? What, are you disagreeing with that? Wow, that's poor why? Because where is the World Cup? USA, Canada and Mexico that, uh, What? You said the World Cup finals There was an essence. I want that play back <laughs> I want that play back be. World e- Cup finals no You said Even by your standards That is ridiculous No what are you saying? 
He said oh, USA He got it right It's I an equaliser right. uh, Who was named Premiership Player of the Month For November It was Sead Haksibanovic uh, Andy Halliday When he was on on Monday Was touting himself For the award Hugh Said he hadn't heard yet Hadn't, hadn't <laughs> had the phone call He was looking at his Goal scoring form And thought He must be in with a shout uh, So he's been devastated To find it was indeed Sead Haksibanovic it all comes down to the last question Noah, see if you ever play again This is my helpful tip to you If it's a question about a year Never pass it Just guess a year, okay? Um, yeah. But we'll put that down to inexperience Which year did Rangers last win a domestic treble? If Marvin has guessed it right with 2009 He wins The answer is 2003 What, did Noah get the last question right? No, no. <laughs> Yeah he got Haksibanovic as well Yeah Okay So we're level on two all Which means A shootout Another tiebreaker Good I like Good this now, Okay I'm going to explain it Very simple I'll ask the question Marvin writes his answer down And then I'll tell you To give me your shout Noah Okay Cool Let's do it Excluding penalty shootouts How many goals Have been scored At this year's World Cup finals Oh no 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 It's not this year Sorry It's Ex- excluding oh, Listen Calm down please. Excluding penalty shootouts How many goals have been scored In all World Cup finals So the the final Just the game Just the final Marvin Okay It's your fault for confusing this oh, Excluding penalty shootouts How many goals have been scored In, in all, all the, years? the World Cup finals Just the final though I don't even know how many goals. Okay Marvin show me your answer Wait I'm really nervous Hurry up Oh my goodness Right oh, no, I've what's, your, it. what's your guess? Uh, 80 One of you Is only 3 away Noah says 80 Marvin's gone 140 The okay. answer Is 77 oh. Well oh, done well, Noah well. Superb Well done Noah Cheers The sign ball is on its way I'm not signing it Noah <laughs> Well done mate This is officially A winning streak for the callers Two nights in a row Just like wow. what's the, that phrase About Glasgow buses Hugh Yeah Kevins. you wait the, the two come along at once Yeah I wasn't happy With the questions there Gordon oh, Honestly Be quiet <laughs> Like you You and Gordon Deal Are the worst for that There was nothing Granted oh, wow. I, di- I didn't cover myself In glory on the tiebreaker But I think that was your fault I thought you said the World Cup finals when you said where they're being held, but you know. I'll listen back to it on the podcast tomorrow, as I always And do. even at that, you just gave me one of the three countries then. That was weird. Yeah. Well, well what, name all three? Mm, just would have been strange, wouldn't it, if it had played out that way? <sighs> I'm fed up. You know. Um, <laughs> I can see that. It was a, it was a, well, de- a well deserved uh, victory. How though. many finals has, have there been, by the way? Just out of interest, anyone know? <sighs> Goodness, I that's don't. Really I mean, when did it start? Who the thirties? Um, wow, that's not a lot of goals, is it? And then did we miss World Cup, uh, World War years for? Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. Why yeah. would you ask me that? No, for? I'm just just in case that's a question in the quiz. In, in the, the future, future, yeah. Producer Chris can tell us how many World Cup finals has there been, just so that Marvin can just out you know, of interest, just so that he can he can sleep easy tonight and all that stuff. Twenty one. Oh wow! So not an average of well over yeah, three again. I thought that there was a lot more than that. Yeah, oh, I'm miles off it. Yeah, it's good That's not bad That Thanks, is not Chris. bad uh, Let's start taking a look At tomorrow's games As well Because there is a lot To look forward to And of course If Celtic are to Restore that 9 point lead They'll have to go and win At Pitodri uh, A 12.30 kick off There So let's hear from Ange Postacoglu He's been speaking today Doing his pre-match Media duties uh, Looking ahead to that trip I'm sure uh, After 
um, having to get out of his car and help someone who was stuck in the snow oh. by all accounts going up to Lennox Town um, he says his team can improve over the next six months he just wants to keep that impressive form from before the break going that's kind of our challenge and that's what we you know that's that's our aim and ambition uh, we've had obviously had a real strong start to the season uh uh, in the league and you know the key to that now is to keep improving and I don't think that there's any reason why we shouldn't um, you know league form has been uh, very strong even though we had a really you know hectic schedule including Champions League games um, you know whilst the schedule is just as challenging moving forward it doesn't have the you know that challenge of, of Champions League football and you know we, we've got a couple of players back from injury as well which I think you know hopefully uh, will make us stronger moving forward The psychology in this city Hugh oh. is Always worth paying attention to Because all the focus has been on What Rangers can do in this break And whether a new manager can improve them and it, Which is nothing sinister there It's yeah. obvious when you change a manager You get the headlines um, And what has maybe Just because of that get, gets forgotten is Will Celtic be better? Will Ange Postacoglu bring back A freshly fit Callum McGregor And that improves him Aaron Moy comes back better From his World Cup experience Juranovic either comes back Flying after the World Cup Or Celtic get 20 odd million for him uh-huh. Insert your own fee here Alistair Johnson comes in Makes an impact Not a, not as much has been said about what, what Celtic do afterwards This is a situation that's unprecedented In the history of our game Here you have a Celtic side Who were battering teams Before the World Cup break came along uh, one defeat in 15 matches Nine points clear at the top of the table Probably Fed up That the World Cup came along And interrupted their momentum On the other side Of the coin You have Rangers uh, Who Were just awful And couldn't wait For the break to come So that They could Organise a new manager First of all uh, And see if they could get A lift When The season restarted It's almost not the resumption of a season for me It's the start of a new season Because everything is different But there's one thing that does not change Celtic have to go to Pataudry tomorrow Beat Aberdeen Restore the lead to nine points And say to Rangers Right on you go You're next up at Pataudry See how you get on Because Celtic are at home to Livingston And that's a, an easy one for them <laughs> I mean Marvin what do you think Tomorrow it's, it's a, That's a cracking fixture That isn't it, in it ter- out, out with meeting each other For Glasgow's big two That's been a really Blockbuster start Rangers playing Hibs And Celtic going to Aberdeen Yeah For sure um, You know it's a real Difficult start for Celtic But it's one I expect them to pass Or a test I expect them to pass With flying colours I think Celtic will be Much better for the rest You know As Andrew said there They don't have Champions League To worry about now You know they're kind of Out of Europe It's back to the domestic stuff and, and like you said, Callum McGregor's back and raring to go. And that's that's a scary sight for any team facing Celtic. So I expect them to come out of the break probably much better than anybody else. What do you think, Celtic fans? I feel like I know the answer to this one, but you can always surprise me. Does Callum McGregor go straight back into the starting level? And I take it he does. But at the same time, that is that the competition? Would that be in any way harsh on Aaron Moy, who was starting to do well before the break and has gone away and had a good World Cup um, or, or whoever else you think that may apply to Well let, let us know Does Callum McGregor go straight back in tomorrow Yes or no And how are you feeling overall about the game Can Celtic kick on Can you restore uh, that 9 point advantage Let us know right now On 01419511025 You can tweet us as well At Clyde SSB But why not give us a call Here's what whilst you do get your calls in Here's what the manager had to say On the Callum McGregor subject 
Yeah, to be fair to the lads, I think they yeah they carried his absence really well. Um, that was one of our challenges. Um, you know, when you lose such an influential figure on and off the field, um, how do you sort of cover that absence? And you know, in both areas, and I think um, you know the boy stepped up. He's uh, our captain and our leader, and 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 he's a top footballer. So you know, every time you, you get a player like that uh, back after an absence, you, you, you the whole group feels good about it. And um, you know, I'm sure he's looking to to sort of hit the ground running. The one thing Ange does well, uh, he he knows it's a sixteen-man game now, uh, so I would anticipate Callum McGregor restored to the captaincy, restored to the starting eleven, um, but I wouldn't necessarily see him going the whole ninety minutes because Ange Postecoglou will know what is best for the team as the match progresses. Yeah, um, I think you're, you're spot on there, Hugh. But I, th- I again, I agree. Callum McGregor has to go back into that team. Um, you know, he really is a talisman for, for Celtic Football Club. Yes, he is a captain, but also his playing ability is unquestionable. So I expect him to definitely go in there. Aaron Moy, obviously, like you said, had a fantastic World Cup. was brilliant for Celtic leading up to that. Can he pair them together? I, I don't know. But imagine you've got Moy on the bench to bring on for Callum McGregor. You know, it's a fantastic um, situation to be in for any manager. And I suppose one thing we do know, because we can speculate until... We're blue in the face about what happens with Juranovic He won't play tomorrow Because he's got the world's most pointless game of football <laughs> To play The World yeah. Cup third place playoff Whoever remembers what happens in that game um, And of course Alistair Johnson can't play till January So barring something we're unaware of Anthony Ralston presumably plays yeah. No reason why he does not play uh, Very interesting to see how both teams come back Because I say for me it's hard to discuss this as a resumption of the season when it's been a five-week-long break. It's like the start of something new. Uh, Rangers started in an up-and-down fashion last night. Uh, Celtic at least know now what they have to do, and that's win. Yeah, and it's difficult starting with an away game as well, isn't it? I mean, yep. you know, if they had the choice, they'd definitely prefer to start with a home game and probably the last place they want to go away other than to Ibrox was to play against Aberdeen so it is a tough game but you know the players know that they have to go back and be at 100% because if they're not they're going to slip up the psychology is good though if you go there and win you can literally say to Rangers go on then see how you got on there yeah um, yeah and Hans Postecoglou was asked about Juranovic today um, you know if Celtic would listen to offers and he said you started that question with an if if I give you an if back if it stops snowing I'll be able to drive home without getting out of my car So that will be fine too uh, My understanding is probably not going to play tomorrow But at the same time I don't think it's anything serious I'd have loved it if it was our car So that I could have said to Lady Keevans Go on, go on Go out and give, go out and give Ange your hand Go so, on and, like Ange Postacoglu likes to, to do that sort of thing sometimes And, and not answer on you know, transfer speculation um, he, he did elaborate to a point Talking about it's great when they're getting noticed I want our players to get noticed If they weren't Get noticed that they wouldn't be doing well So he's done really well um, Apparently he's even going to get a week off um, When he's back So do the I don't know, do the arithmetic He'll be back presumably Monday-ish him, And yeah. then a week after that So misses misses a couple more anyway Yeah, and it's taken literally the end of the month then, doesn't it? So yeah, listen, obviously You know, they signed Johnson uh, The Canadian fullback Actually played right over three In the first World Cup game And you know, without knowing Celtic's interest or anything like that, I thought he did extremely well. Um, you know, he looks like a really, really good young player. You know, you've seen his interview, he's delighted to sign for the club. 
excited about it going forward, but you know, no team really has three right backs. So I think that lets us know about Juranovic. Uh, okay, just before we go any further, and whilst you get your calls in on that, Celtic fans, you might as well just do it just now. You know, in terms of what the team looks like tomorrow, how confident you are, or if there are any worries there about not restoring the nine point lead. Does Callum McGregor go straight back in? What's happening with Josip Juranovic? Good time to call on all of them. So do it right now. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. But I need to talk to you about this. That's for sure. Mission Christmas Jay and D Pierce Structural Steelwork Specialists Proud to support the local community Hoping you do know about this by now But if not, head over to our Twitter feed at Clyde SSB You can check it out Or even just listen carefully for the next minute I won't keep you long We've got an unbelievable prize for you to win And you'd be making a difference to children that need your help all at the same time. It is a fantastic, brand new 72-plate Mercedes A-Class. It looks the part, uh, and it's more than just looks. It's got all the bells and whistles, all the mod cons, everything you would look for. And it does look great as well. And here's how you win it. You text the word CAR to 84901. So, I mean, somebody listening right now could be driving this brand new Merc very soon. That's the way to look at it. Text CAR to 84901, C-A-R. What that does, every text, is co- it costs your standard network rate message plus a £5 donation to Cash for Kids. So it makes a big difference uh, to children uh, that need it. And this is part of an ongoing Cash for Kids mission Christmas, of course. In fact, Andrew McLean, who you'll recognise has been uh, out and about at games for us quite often, he went down to Scania Eurocentral earlier on where the staff were taking part in a Cash for Kids Christmas jumper day as well. Yeah, I'm down here at Scania Eurocentral. Well, the good folks here are taking part in Cash for Kids Christmas Jumper Day. Plenty of colourful jumpers on the go. I mean, this one just says Christmas Jumper on it. I'm not too sure about that one, but it's all right. I'll I'll let you off. It's all for a good cause, like many others across Glasgow and the West are doing it today to raise money. I'm here with Jasper, who is one of the main men when it comes to raising money here. Can you tell us a bit about what you've been doing to raise money? Yeah, yeah, we've done a quite a few things. Um, we had a, a family fun day organised by Donna McGoldrick. Donna's not here today, she's a lot one to our, our kids and family. But uh, all the team in here have all took part in it, uh, raised money for funds with um, some hot dogs, candy stalls, bouncy castles, etc, etc. And currently we've raised about £2,000 and we're our parent company at Scania GB are going to match up by another 2000 so hopefully by the end of it we're going to have £4,000 for cash for kids Well Magic thank you to the people down here and to the people across Glasgow and the West that are raising money Yay! <laughs> uh, If it wasn't such a serious issue I would maybe make a smart comment about Andrew McLean sounding a bit under the weather after the Clyde One Christmas party last night but I, I, won't, I won't go there it is, it's, this is all for a good cause it's all about the children that need your help so quickly to recap Text CAR to 84901 Lines close Saturday the 17th of December at 6pm Over 18s only T's and C's at Clyde1.com Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Marvin Bartley are here 0141 951 1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB Looking ahead to tomorrow Looking back on last night We have a few other things we need to address for the end of the show as well So get those calls in please Or send us a tweet Now your teaser tonight I'm going to Hold on I was going to say I'm going to take you out Your comfort zone I don't know what comfort zone You two have When it comes to yeah. the full time teaser Have a so many Normally the couch is out So the usual. Um, What I'm going to do tonight Make it a bit different From our usual theme Move you away And I want to know How you're going to fare on this Right Because it's topical It's a big weekend In the footballing calendar In case you hadn't noticed 
Can you name the last 10 men to score in a World Cup final? That's it. That's all I'm looking for from you. Can you name the last 10 men to score in a World Cup final? Mbappé. Well done, Hugh Evans. Uh, Ronaldo? R9? Real Ronaldo? Just, yes. Well done. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so doable though, but a good level of difficulty in my humble opinion. Yeah. Is Maradona too far back? Absolutely. Muller? No. No. That'd be a German scorer in there, here. I know. Um, I mean, the last final was quite high scoring, wasn't it? Between? Croatia. Well, you've already got Mbappe, so. Um, oh. Giroud. Mo- Modric. No. Modric. No, believe it or not, neither of those, but you, I think you'll get some of these. Dembele? No. Come on, here. Pogba? Yes. yes. Okay, we'll leave it there. We'll try and get them before the end. Uh, of the show We're looking for the last 10 men Who've scored in a World Cup final So it's full time at Clyde1.com by the way uh, That's where you send them in uh, Stephen from Fife Has sent this one in tonight So thank you to Stephen um, Gary's a Celtic fan on the line We were just chatting before the break there Gary um, To put you on the spot if you don't mind Callum McGregor go straight back in tomorrow Any doubt about that for you? I don't think he'd play the full game no. But um, I'm quite happy to let him But I don't I, don't want to get him injured But um, I think yeah He'll definitely be straight in But I don't think he'll play the, play the full game I think the break's been Not good In in many ways But see for specifically Callum McGregor Marvin How, how will What will the likelihood be That he can Last 90 Because it's not like he's just Returned to full fitness This week He's actually Had, had a bit of time Now To be fair Gary's right That's not the same as Playing a competitive game But has it given him the time to get to a point where he might play 90 minutes? I think so. I think if he needs to play 90 minutes, then he'll be able to do so. Um, he'll have featured it, in those bounce games they played, didn't Exactly, they? and he's the ultimate professional, so it's not like he'd have got injured and, you know, kind of lost his way. He'd have been doing his utmost to keep as fit as he can without obviously aggravating the injury. So I think, you know, if Callum McGregor needs to play 90 minutes uh, tomorrow, he will be able to do so. And I think Andrew, you know, I was saying earlier about Moyne potentially coming on for him. I, I think you leave him out there. You know, if if he's okay to play, he's the first name on the team sheet and, and he stays out there. So, listen, I think the break, as I said, has came, came at a good time for Celtic. You know, recharge their batteries and I think they'll come out of it, you know, re- rearing to go. Um, any, I mean, I don't think any Celtic fan was talking about being under pressure, Gary, before the break. Certainly not. It was nine points. I mean, at six tonight, th- does that just become nine tomorrow? Automa- not automatically, but are you fully confident? Is there any lingering doubt about how tough that fixture is? Nothing's automatic, but I'm quite confident, yeah, very confident in the players. And uh, the motivation of the Ange Podstakoglu is second to none, I don't think. Um, yeah, I mean, what about Juranovic, Gary? We were just talking there and the manager was saying he'll, you know, he's obviously not back till next week. He then gets a week off. Do you expect to maybe even have seen the last of him in a Celtic shirt or is that is that sort of talk premature? He might play a couple of games, but I think he's, uh, he's, he's too, too, too big. Biggest status at the moment He'll go for 20 million I think 20 million up I do wonder what the agent's up to now Hugh Because yeah. the games are done That's it Well apart from this ridiculous Third place playoff And it now does Does the focus become on the future For that player Yeah He's got to look after himself The rest of his life This is the big move for him uh, The one that will Be life changing uh, So he and his agent And Celtic 
we'll all get together and make sure it's for the most money that they mm-hmm. can bring out of this. There's really speculation about Serie A. Uh, they seem very keen on players who come from our league at the moment. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm uh, sceptical whether we'll ever see him in a Celtic jersey again. Uh, Gary, what else was on your mind? I know you had other points for us. Um, well, the VAR system, I think it, the problem with the VAR system in Scotland is it doesn't have enough cameras. Um, that, up in England, they've got an extra four cameras, so that helps. You know what I mean? Uh, and they don't seem to use the lines here, which I don't know why. Uh, what do you mean? They do. What do you mean by that? Um, well, when the Celtic penalty was given against Celtic, uh, they never showed the line, the offside for uh, one of the best goals of the season. Oh yeah, but that, that was. I mean, listen, I'm not saying you have to like the explanation, but that was because it was missed by that camera operator, wasn't it? And then Hawkeye Technology is adamant that it can still calibrate from the other angle. And it was offside, albeit that wasn't shown. But it's not—it's not like we don't use the lines like the way you presented that. Yeah, well, it's how convenient it broke when, uh, when it mattered. <laughs> but but it, it didn't break. A camera operator missed it, and everyone just held their hands up and said that it's something that was, you know, clearly not not ideal. You know, nothing broke. Perfection. It's boring. Sorry. Perfection's boring. What do you mean? <laughs> What, what, what do you mean by that, Gary? Ah, oh, well, it just so happened that it, it, it was his fault mm. when it happened. You know, it's just the way it is. It's just unfortunate that it happened for Celtic. You know, and it seems to be more regular for Celtic than anyone else. But, but see the point of it, because I, I, I said this to a previous caller, Gary. I, I wouldn't attempt to change your mind on that because I, th- I think I know it's a lost cause. If all, if all of this stuff you're saying with that sort of sarcasm, sarcasm dripping from it, if you just think that everybody's out to get Celtic. We, we might as well just start with that, you know. We might as well just might as well just put the cards on the table. Not at all, not at all. It's not out to get Celtic. Oh, you're talking. Oh, it's very convenient that it was missed. What do you mean by that, Gary? Everyone knows what you mean by that. <laughs> Reality check. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I maybe now don't know what Gary means. Actually, we're just well, getting no, a couple no, of no, random no, words thrown I, at us. I, listen, you try and put this in the best terms you can. Celtic have been on. The, the wrong end of ridiculous decisions starting with the handball at Tynecastle Bernabe the non-penalty Matt O'Reilly the non-penalty and they have been the victim of bad refereeing yeah, you, you've said many VAR. times you think those two were terrible decisions yeah, in fact well, shocking. the Bernabe one and I think shocking all three Matt O'Reilly Bernabe and the handball uh, by Smith at Tynecastle incredible um, but if Gary or Alec, the previous caller, want me to stand here and say, therefore I have conclusive proof mm-hmm. that VAR is being used to make sure that Celtic do not win the league title and that Rangers do win the league title, I can't do it. Um, I think this is just a personal thing. The worst thing that ever crept into the footballing vocabulary, Marvin, for me, when we're talking about refereeing decisions... Was consistency Forget it The type of consistency That you're looking for Does not exist How can consistency For a subjective Decision making process Ever exist To everyone's Unanimous satisfaction It can't Think about what Those words mean Pick any World Cup game You want Talk about handball Talk about anything else Go back to England Go back to the first game Where England Get a penalty against them For a minor pull In the box 
And don't get a penalty For what looked like A serious pull in the box And Harry Maguire And everyone's saying Where's the consistency This is the World Cup It's the best referees It's the best VAR It's subjective decision making It does not exist Exactly and, well, I'll just know, get down off my high horse now. <laughs> And like you said That's the best referees in the world Or supposedly so uh, At the World Cup And I've seen more mistakes In this World Cup Than I think I've seen In Scotland since it's came in But it's always a talking point Isn't it Especially when it's against your team And, and I agree with Gary you know, There's been some decisions That I totally are, I am in disagreement with rather But you know To blame the referees And to say they've got an agenda And they're doing this I, I just don't see it I really don't And as you said Gordon it's very, very difficult, almost mm. impossible to keep, be consistent and appease everybody. And to be fair, offside is supposed to be objective and not subjective, and that's a whole different can so of worms. You but said round that, and round we go. You said that was a big picture guy. Here's the big picture. If there was a conspiracy against Celtic, they are the only team, and will probably remain the only team ever, to win a quadruple treble. If people are conspiring against them, they're doing a shocking job of it. Thank you, Gary. A pleasure. 0141951. Uh, 1025 How are you getting on with this teaser? Uh, we're looking for the last 10 players to score In a World Cup final You've got Pogba, Mbappe, Ronaldo Xavi Xavi It wasn't him Iniesta then. Probably giving it away yeah. <laughs> Like Ant and Dick <laughs> Just like one without the other Iniesta, well done Griezmann Well done, you Better at this than I oh. thought No offence <laughs> The big striker Hugh Played for Croatia uh, Manzu No Manzukic Yes yeah. Okay we'll get the rest of the answers We'll look ahead to uh, Tomorrow's fixtures as well And we'll see what else is out there For us to tackle Before the show finishes Number one For football In Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley and Hugh Keevans are here They are trying to come up with the answers to Stephen from Fife's teaser Which he emailed in to fulltime at Clyde1.com uh, And he says can you name the last 10 goal scorers at a World Cup final Last 10 men to do it Mandzukic, Pogba, Griezmann, Mbappe Iniesta, Ronaldo are nine any more for any more? Kovacic? Nope. So you reckon you've got one more from the, the most recent final, yeah? Oh. I'll admit to Perisic. you that that's true. Yes, Marvin Perisic. Bartley. Well done. Hugh Evans, three to get. Good for you, Marvin. <laughs> On you go. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to think Germany. So, Hugh, here we go. Let's work together on this. There was a... I think you finished top goal scorer. You got a massive move. Was it to Dortmund or to Bayern Munich? Like 42 million or something? It's usually to Bayern Munich, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, come on, Hugh. Attack it. He wasn't even actually striking like attacking mm. midfielder, wasn't he? I'd say so. Closer. No. Good guess, though. Oh, what's his name? <sighs> Don't like the silence. What about a more high profile one then? That you've missed in that time frame. If we're going, you've got. Ronaldo R9 So we're mm-hmm. 2002 What about since then in, in that intervening period I mean we're talking Proper high profile High profile player Massively high profile game And not just because It was the World Cup final But because of what else Went on within it Involving him Zidane Zidane Dinked the penalty didn't he For okay, the headbutt Two more Oh that's going to annoy me now Yeah two to get Gertz sir Gert? Yes yeah, Right, only one more then, only one more. 
Uh, right, um, we are still building up to the weekend's action, of course. Before we go, we always like to try and have a bit of fun on here on a Friday night. Let's finish with something a lot more serious, uh, Marvin Bartley, and it heavily involves you because there was um, an update from Hibs a couple of days ago in that they revealed that a comment was made by one of their own fans in a game against Dundee United in October that was of a racist nature. Um, and it followed a further investigation into the incident Now there's a backstory Because a previous mm-hmm. investigation Had found that there was no racist language used But this one has superseded that It's found that there was Hibs, you know, accept that Talk about um, being, you know, s- serious about these matters They had continued to investigate it They say alongside a number of different stakeholders The club was working hard to ensure a thorough investigation has taken place um, an independent audio forensic expert confirmed that it was a racial comment Hibs have got zero tolerance They're asking supporters uh, to come forward and, and try and deal with it appropriately They promised the strongest possible action from the club and There's quite a lot going on here People mm-hmm. who are on social media will know where I'm heading Firstly on that Because you drove a lot of that investigation You were behind it Because you never believed Or you always believed Or you always knew Yeah. That that was a, a racist comment. How important was that outcome the other day? And maybe share a bit of the the journey that it took to get there. Yeah. So, you know, like like everybody else, um, you know, I was I was watching the game and and I heard the comment. Um, at the time, I actually wasn't watching the screen. I was on my phone. Um, but obviously I had the 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 sound up and and I heard it quite clearly. Um, and you know, first and foremost, I was like, I couldn't believe what I heard, but I knew what I heard and I knew it was clear. So. You know the disappointment of hearing that. You know I've been on the receiving end of that, and 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 it's hurtful. It's, it's extremely hurtful, and it takes you to a place that you know you don't really want to be in. Um, but anyway, you know I, I went on social media and and I put out that I can't, I can't believe what I, what I heard. Um, looking back on it and, and listening to it over and over again, obviously uh, Jar Tavares runs across the, the front of of the camera, um, and I instantly thought it was aimed at him. I don't know if it was aimed at him now or was aimed at somebody else. Um, but but I knew what I had heard. Um, so I put that out, um, you know, in the night, I think it was a Tuesday night, the game, and, and then the Wednesday. By the Wednesday morning when I woke up, I had a, a lot of Hibs fans had messaged me saying it was a Hibs fan, um, where the person was sitting roughly. So they had heard it. They, so they you, had heard so it. you know at that point, before the first investigation comes out, Even you, starts. you know that you're you're right sort of thing. Yeah, okay. I know that I'm right and, I'm, and I know where where it's from. Um, you know, but it wasn't it wasn't my place to to go out on social media or whatever else and say, you know, this is what I've got, and I've still got all the messages now, and say this is where it was because I knew that the teams were going to have to launch an investigation, and they did at eleven o'clock on the Wednesday. I think it was they did what they had to do and they closed it uh, the following day uh, after twenty five hours on the Thursday, saying that it was basically non conclusive. Um, so they didn't say it didn't happen. They said it was non conclusive, but they believed it to be more derogatory than racial. Um, you know, we all know what non-conclusive means. It means they don't know either way. You know, I, I have said to them, the words that are after that um, are very, very misleading um, if people don't understand what non-conclusive means. So, you know, I've had that discussion with them, but I, I knew what had happened. So the investigation to me, there had been a problem somewhere. There had been a breakdown somewhere. And this is all about kind of working together, um, educating each other when we are doing these investigations. And Listen, some investigations have been done and and they've been questionable. But anyway, going forward, um, you know, obviously I've spoken to both clubs. I've spoken to uh, at Tony Ashgar. I've spoken to Luigi at Dundee United. 
I've spoken to Ben and, and Adam at Hibs. Um, you know, forget about me as Marvin Bartley, you know, the assistant manager of footballer or, or, or whatever else, you know, quality and diversity advice, Scotch FA. Me, me as a man, I know how it feels to be discriminated against. And I wasn't willing to let this, you know, kind of lay that way. So, as I said, I spoke to the clubs moving forward up to what's happened now. It was sent to an audio forensic expert. Now, this isn't somebody's opinion. This this is science. Um, when you say a word, it, it brings up something called an audio wave. And basically a lot of people are a lot smarter than me who are actually kind of scientists. They do this. So so the company used, you know, used, do court cases, et cetera, et cetera. So it's been found out that it was racial and I knew this all along. Um Unfortunately, when the first kind of uh, the review was done and it was non-conclusive, some, something had happened. Obviously, you know, we all know this happened in, in kind of the media on, on the well, radio. I'll try and provide a bit of context. Yeah. There's there a lot of strands to this. So the mm-hmm. reason you're, you are in the headlines this week is partly because you were behind the, the, the investigation, yeah. um, but also because when that happened, uh, Tam Cowan, who everyone will be familiar with on the BBC and Off the Ball, um, sort of invited you and kept saying, you know, Marvin maybe you should come on and apologise because mm-hmm. you, you got it wrong. Maybe you should apologise to the Dundee United fans. Calls for the apology. You, you have now spoken back after the the update this week. You've shared the clip of that on Off the Ball on the BBC. Mm-hmm. You've shared clips of Tam Cowan's Instagram post where he um, is sort of, I guess, acknowledging your wrong yeah. doing in, in, in the initial instance or perceived wrongdoing. And, and you've... You've hit back strongly, so what, what's what's happened there? Matt, Tam Cowan's obviously not here to have his say. I, I did I did speak to Tam earlier, and, mm-hmm. and he can, I'm sure he he can have his say um, if he so wishes. He's still more than welcome to give us a call. So yeah, uh, give us an update on that. Yeah, so you know, as I said, you know, on the back of the first non-conclusive um, in, investigation, uh, they, that kind of Tam went on the show and and said I should come on and, and apologise. Um, said I'd made a big blooper. Said that I got it wrong. Um, Etc. Etc. And for me, that was that was very very hurtful and very personal. Now it takes a lot for people. Not, not talking about me. Now it takes a lot for people to come forward and say what they heard. Um, as we know, you know, as I said, to be discriminated against is absolutely horrible. To hear it is absolutely horrible. So even if I'd been wrong in this circumstance, then speak about the investigation. No problem about it. Speak about it if you thought it was flawed. Etc. Etc. But to me- name me personally, um, for me, was unacceptable. Um, and the things that come on the back of that. I don't think people understand the platform that they do have. So the things that come on the back of that, you know, I begin to get abused on social media. Um, you know, I'm walking with my partner and people are coming up to me and saying certain things. And I'm like, it's all off the back of that because we know what it's like now. People listen to shows, they'll read snippets and, you know, they'll kind of have their say off that. They won't actually go and look at the investigation and read it for themselves. So we're in a situation where it's very, very dangerous when things like that happen. And that's what I'm, I'm trying to say. Um, as I said, you know, I thought it was uncalled for. It was deeply hurtful. And it's caused me a lot of trouble and, you know, divide between me and Dundee United fans who are now saying I accuse them of it, which I never, ever did. As I said, you know, you can look at my first tweet within 12 hours of that and I've, I've got the messages. I knew where it came from. I wasn't accusing anyone. I didn't care where it came from. All I knew that it was said in the stadium. It's not even important who it was aimed at. The important thing is that it was said. And I've always said, you know, forget about football, all the things that football have brought me. Um, it, it's not important to me. You know, I want to have a better society where my kids can go and play with absolutely anybody, regardless of their race, regardless of their religion, you know, sexual orientation, their gender, anything like that. 
Um, so it was it was deeply hurting to hear those things. And as I said, on the mm. back of that, the backlash that I then faced. OK, Tom Kevin has apologised. Though He went on Instagram, he said that Hibs have clarified there was a racist comment in the game against Dundee United. Of course, it's new information. If I'd known this from the outset, I would have been the first to call it out personally and on the radio. It's abhorrent this happens inside Scottish football grounds. I hope the culprit's dealt with in the light of this new evidence. I apologise for the upset caused. For, for me, you know, as I said, you know, that, that that's not an apology um, for me. That's not... The, the amount of times my name was mentioned in that kind of clip, you know, a premeditated kind of message was sent out to, to the to the nation. Um, you know, that, that, that apology for me isn't sufficient. And I don't want to get into a slanging match. I don't want to come on here and do that, but that isn't sufficient to me. Um, and as I said, you know, that doesn't take away the backlash and everything I face in the meantime, whilst knowing I'm right, because I heard it. And you know what, if you're not sure on something, if you're uncertain on something, with all the guidelines that the BBC do have, then just stay, stay clear of it. You know, they have my number, give me a call personally to see what I'm thinking, to go out there and do that and to question my character and put my character into question, amongst other things, for me was deeply hurting and deeply unfair. And as I said, sometimes people don't realise the upset that they can cause because these things are very, very... Um, upset and they cut deeply and, and I was in a bad place for a little while but as I said the support network I've had around me has made things a lot easier um, so yeah I just want people to think you know before they speak because as I said you know there's there's a problem in society and we need to sort it out together mm, okay on that sombre note let's try and draw a line the clock dictates it and as I've, I've said Tam Cowan is more than welcome to, to give us a call and we can um, put that side of it across I did read out that statement you can see it on Instagram there as well um without this turning into he said, she said, on the back of actually what's a serious issue, I think, obviously, mm. that we hope we can um, eradicate from Scottish football, from wider society in general. Like I say, you're not always nice to end on on a bit of a, a down note. So do your best to, to cheer us up if we've got a good day of football to look forward to tomorrow. I could give the whole nation a laugh and give you my prediction. No, don't for do that. Too early. Too early. There, there you are. <laughs> uh, but it's a very, very good way to start our day tomorrow. 12.30 kick-off. The return of Celtic from Australia uh, via Portugal, uh, a refreshed Jota, Abada, Kyogo, the return of Callum McGregor. For the Celtic fans, what's not to love tomorrow? For the Aberdeen fans, they believe that their home record is good enough to cause an upset. I've neglected my duties. You won more in the teaser before we go. You scored in the same final as Zidane. Mm. Who did they headbutt? Simeone? No. no Sounds like a car brand <laughs> I've lost you now oh, I've certainly lost this I guy I say Lara <laughs> Matarazzi oh. oh There we go We are back tomorrow from 12 o'clock A six hour special Brilliant football And it's our Cash for Kids sports auction as well One of the highlights of the year Make sure you join us And GBX up next